This is the Life Truth Network. I am out here in nature. Well, it's kind of nature. It's my backyard. And I thought, you know, uh, let's uh, do another episode of Life Truth Presents. Hit the intro. Welcome to Life Truth Presents, a clean fiction podcast. If it's clean fiction, it's fair game. My goal is to come alongside Clean Fiction Magazine over at cleanfictionmagazine.com. They sell their quarterly publications on Amazon. If it's not the type of thing covered in CFM, I want it to be here. That gives you, the listener, access to even more clean fiction. You could even hear interviews, game reviews, featured audio drama reviews, and some of the dramas themselves. I want this to be big. Today we're going to do something really special. We're going to do a game review. Spoken Movie Project replied to us. And guess what? You get right here the first episode of their series, Ben and Sophie, Wobie's Secret. Then, our interview with Greg Kokel. This is, I'm a little bit maybe excited slightly about this because video games are another form of fiction. Now, far too often you get games that are not clean. Therefore, they cannot fall under the category of clean fiction. However, following game does. My ratings are, are similar to Clean Fiction Magazine. Get a free sample of Clean Fiction Magazine, that's any issue, from Amazon, and you should get a copy of those guidelines. The copy is going to be towards the beginning of the magazine. It's going to talk about the way that that magazine rates their stuff. I am going to do something similar, except mine are warning levels. And here is what I mean. When I do a review, I will mention the Clean Fiction Magazine letter rating. But then I will issue a content warning number rating. Those will be ranging from zero, being absolutely clean, which would be a Clean Fiction rating of N, to five, which is unreviewable for our standards in either the magazine or the podcast. A CFMDB rating. If it's a five, I won't touch it, nor will Clean Fiction Magazine. It's not something we're going to cover because it no longer falls into the category of clean fiction. Today, we are going to review Moonlighter. This is our first ever video game review, and it's a fun one. Moonlighter is a dungeon crawler RPG with a twist. You play Will, a young man who has inherited a shop called Moonlighter in a town where merchants and heroes both delve into dungeons, one for artifacts to sell, the other to defeat the evil inside. There's a mystery that slowly unfolds as you discover notes inside the dungeons. There has been no bad language that I have found at all. There is the typical violence fighting monsters in dungeons. It's an over-the-top view, so it's not gross it's not graphic there are magical items and enchantments on gear there is a hint of romance as one of the townspeople seems to like will this game is quite fun as you try to get great loot to sell in your shop and as ingredients for crafting your weapon and armor upgrades as well as potions as you progress you start to build the town up allowing you to do and get more done 
Each dungeon, of course, gets progressively more difficult, but also seems to drop more valuable items. This would be an A by Clean Fiction Magazine standards, which is a warning level one here. There's not much to be concerned about usually, but it still never hurts for parents to double check. Moonlighter is available on iPhone and Android, as well as Switch, PlayStation 4, Steam, and Xbox One. It is currently available to Netflix subscribers on iOS and Android at no additional cost through Netflix games. It is also included in the Xbox Cloud Gaming, so those who subscribe to Game Pass Ultimate will be able to get it as well. I may be missing something, so feel free to check it out for yourself. The game, once again, Moonlighter. And now, our feature presentation. Hello, everyone. This is Woby. Thank you for tuning in. Ben and Sophie are late again, but they'll be here shortly. Until they arrive, let me introduce to you a very cool podcast from our podcasting friends at Kids Listen. So, kids, listen. The Kids Stories podcast features funny, exciting stories for kids. Follow the ninjas of Valleytown as they defend their land from all kinds of dangerous beasts. Learn about Dropkick Kitty Cat and how this adventurous feline gained her powers. Hear about all of the ridiculous superpowers the kids get from the magical hot dog stick in Campground Powers. It's funny, it's exciting, it's dropkicks and fart jokes. It's the Kid Stories podcast. Ben and Sophie will be secret. This is the story of Ben and Sophie. Have you ever met them before? Let me introduce you to them. This is Ben. Hi! And this is Sophie. Hello! Nice to meet you. Ben and Sophie are neighbors. And best friends. And best friends. They live in a small town right next to a beautiful forest. And a horse ranch. Ugh, yes, the golden horseshoe. Kids, can you please stop interrupting me? I'm trying to do the intro here. Okay. Sorry. Okay, now, where were we? Ah, <clears throat> yes. Ben and Sophie are best friends. They live in a small town next to a horse ranch, and they will be in fourth grade after the summer. But right now... Right now, we're taking Max the dog for a walk. In the forest, like we do every morning. Kids, please... This is my job. Jeez. Whew, all right. It's a hot summer day. Ben and Sophie are taking the dog for a walk in the forest when suddenly... Oh, Sophie, I'm so bored. I know, Ben. This is the lamest summer vacation ever. Yeah, all we get to do is walk the dog. Maybe we should go and ask Sarah and Michael if we can swim in their pool. No way. It's enough that we see them at school every day. Right. Remember what they did to you last year? Yeah, the nasty twins. I wish my parents had a pool and horses, though. Yes, the Golden Horseshoe is a pretty cool place to live. Not fair. 
How come the nasty twins get to live on a ranch while my boring parents do nothing but work on their laptops all day? You're lucky your mom works with the police. But if my mom wouldn't have started her new job this week, we could have gone somewhere fun. Like the beach or Disney. Maybe she'll let us ride in the police car with her, with the sirens on? Chasing a real robber would be so awesome. I wish, but she says that's the good thing about being a detective now, that she doesn't have to. Hey, Max, what's up? Not so fast, buddy. Shh, I can't hold you if you pull the leash like this. <gasps> oh, no! Jeez, Max, where are you going? Sophie, he's running off. Max, where are you? Max! Oh, no, I think we lost him. Wait, I can see him back there. Quick, Ben. I think he's found something. Did you hear that? Yes. What was that? It sounded like an alien spaceship. Let's go, Sophie. I'm scared. Come on, Ben. It came from behind that bush. Let me go over there and check. <coughs> Sophie, what's wrong? Sophie, are you okay? This is so cool. Ben, you've got to see this. Okay, but be careful. Come on, Max. Look, Ben. What the? What is this? Is it alive? Nope, Dumbo. It's a robot. Robots can't be alive. Of course they can. See, I was right. What did it just say? I said, of course they can. Be alive, I mean. I am alive, aren't I? It depends on your definition of alive or living, of course. And what is life, anyway? I mean, I'm here. Right here. Talking to you, no? And I have to say, you scared me almost to death which would totally make no sense if I weren't alive. Because you have to be alive to be able to be dead, no? Anyway, am I talking too much? My dad, who wouldn't be my dad if I weren't alive, by the way, because only living creatures can have dads, can't they? Well, my dad says I should not talk so much, especially not when I'm excited. But you just scared me so badly, and now I can't seem to stop talking. Can I... What is this thing? Take it off me. Is it a four-legged human? And why is it so hairy? <laughs> it's a dog, stupid. Have you never seen a dog before? Where do you even come from? Sophie, don't call it stupid. Maybe it's dangerous. What did you just say? Did you just call me dangerous? That's a criminal offense, that is. Well, not really criminal, but I am offended personally because I am not dangerous. Absolutely not dangerous. See, Sophie, now you made it angry. Unlike this hairy dog, did you call it? It's called dog, D-O-G. Get it? Sophie. Seriously? Who are you? Where do you come from? I wish I knew. My name is Woby. That's what my dad called me anyway. And who is your dad? Nice man. White beard, glasses, deep voice. Do you know him? You mean Santa? Santa doesn't exist. 
How do you know? He could exist. I like Santa. Who's Santa? He's the guy that supposedly brings us presents at Christmas. To all the kids in the world at the same time. That whole thing makes no sense. How could he even do that? <sighs> Hello? Elves? Oh, yes, of course. How could I forget the elves? I want to go home. Aw, sorry, little robot. So, your dad looks like Santa, but isn't Santa? I don't know who that Santa guy is, but I know I miss my dad. We'll find your dad for you. I promise. Thank you. But, Sophie, how should we find his dad? I have no idea. Isn't this exciting? Yeah, but we need to make a plan. A plan? I like plans. My dad made lots of plans. They were all over the walls, his plans. And he used to say... Quick! It's probably Sarah and Michael riding their horses. We need to get out of here. Okay, I've got an idea. Let's take him to the treehouse. Perfect! Let's go! As fast as they can, Ben, Sophie, Max, and Wobie make their way through the forest, back to Ben's treehouse without being seen. But wait, maybe someone did see them. What do you think? Here, Wobie, let me help you. One, two, push, and up you are. Uh-oh, I've never been so high up. Don't worry, we've got you. Sophie, can you take the ladder up so nobody can follow us up here? Who should follow us up here? There's nobody down there. Can you please just do it? Okay, done. Wow, I can't believe this is happening. A robot in your treehouse. Yeah, he looks a bit like Azimo, just way smaller. Ozzy, who do I look like? Don't you know Azimo the robot? He's really cool. He can walk and run. Just like me. But you're way cooler, Wobie. And actually, you look more like... Like the remote control robot I have at home. The one my dad brought home from work. Remember, Sophie? That's weird. It is. But Wobie looks exactly like him. Long legs, green eyes, cute walk. Yeah, aren't you cute little robot? Like a cuddly, fluffy baby bear. Just not fluffy. Or cuddly. Nor a bear. But I love to cuddle. My dad used to say, Oh, I miss my dad. Aw, oh, poor little robot. Don't worry. We'll find him for you. And to do that, we need to know as much as possible. Wobie, tell us all about your dad and how you ended up in the forest. Okay, all about my dad. Let's see. He was born in the last century, I think, as a human baby. And he says human babies can't walk or talk or anything. Basically, not like us robots. So he had to learn all that, which took him a couple of years, I think. And then... Wobie! What? You said I should tell you all about my dad. <laughs> Sophie, you need to be very clear with your instructions. Okay. I see. Very clear. Dear little robot, can you please just tell us how you ended up in the forest? No more? No less? You don't want to know all about my dad, then? Yes. Well, well, no. Just not all about him. 
tell us, like, why wasn't he with you? Okay, well, I just did what my dad had told me to do. We need you to go somewhere safe, he said. Then he took me into a funny four-wheeled machine. You mean a car? Yes, a car. That's what he called it. We stayed in there for exactly 35 minutes, 13 seconds, and 5.4 milliseconds. Then he stopped, and then we got out of the car, and we were at a different place. Then another one of these cars, you called them, stopped right beside us, and Dad said, Run! Which is funny, because he knows I can't run, really. Just walk, and even then I keep falling. Anyway, he said, Run! in this really strange voice. So I did my best to run, and I did it without falling, for exactly... Wait. Okay, seven minutes and 4.67 seconds and 3.678 milliseconds. My personal record. My record before that was five minutes and 3.7 seconds, and the one before that... Come on! What? Wobi, we need you to stick to the story. Tell us what happened when the other car arrived. Well, I wouldn't know since I was busy running, wasn't I? Okay, did you hear anything, maybe? Yes, of course. I heard people talking really loudly, and then a noise like something really heavy falling on something really hard. I was very scared, which is probably why I managed to do the running thing as well as I did. You heard what? That is what it sounded like. Help me, Evo. No, you're my little boy. Well, the boy knew. There's no in his shelf. Shut up! That sounds like someone stopped at the side of the road. And got out of the car. <gasps> Did you hear someone shouting, too? Was that your dad, Wobie? Yes, my poor dad. What did he say? I didn't get a word. It did sound very strange. Another language, maybe? <gasps> the loud banging sound must have been the car door slamming. Maybe someone took him with them. Yes, maybe he got kidnapped. <laughs> Wobie, if you have a recording of that, do you record everything around you? Only if my dad tells me to activate record mode, which he must have done, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made the recording, would I? Are you still recording us? My memory is very limited. This is all I got. Come on, Ben. It came from behind that bush. Let me go over there and check. <coughs> Sophie, what's wrong? Okay, so your dad told you to activate record mode and run away. I wonder why. Maybe he thought it would help you find his kidnappers. What do you mean? What is this kidnapping you are talking about? Kidnapping means when someone takes someone away to get money. They say something like, If you want this person back, give us a million bucks or... Or what? Sophie! What? You're scaring him. Maybe it was something else we heard? A surprise party, and the slamming sound was a balloon popping. What's a balloon? A balloon is a thing people blow air into so it flies. It's fun. Aha! Uh -huh. How can blowing air into something else be fun? What's the use of this? It's just funny. For humans, at least. But listen, Wobie, 
Something really important must have happened there. That's probably why your dad wanted you to activate record mode. Can you play it again? Okay. Out of battery. What? Out of battery. He needs energy. We need to recharge him. Out of battery. Wobi, what's happening? I think he just shut down. We need to find out where we can recharge him. I wish he came with a manual. Wait, didn't you say he looks just like your robot? Yeah, the one Dad brought home from work. We've established that. But how should that help us now? If he looks exactly like your robot, maybe he charges the same way. You're right. Wait a minute. Yes. Looks like we can use the same charger. Now, all we need is an extension cord. Or five. Kids! Dinner time! Oh, no, we gotta go. Just a moment, we're in the treehouse. Guys, you need to get down here. Sophie has to go home. Okay, we'll let Wobie sleep. He'll be safe up here. See you tomorrow? Yes, bring all the cables you can find so we can hook him up to the charger. Bye, Wobie. Sleep well. Yes, sleep well, little robot. Aww. Sophie! Ben! Now! Coming! Bye, Wobie. After a long, restless night, Sophie can't wait to go over to Ben's and see how Wobie is doing. She jumps over the fence to Ben's yard, where she wants to climb up to the treehouse, but... Ben? Are you up there? Where's the ladder? Shush, Wobie. Yes, we're here. Did someone follow you? What do you mean, follow me? Why should anyone follow me over the fence? There's nobody else here. Oh, except for Max. Okay, but we have to be careful. Look around. Can you see anything unusual? Uh, besides a gazillion extension cords running through the grass up to the treehouse, you mean? This looks very suspicious, Ben. It's okay. I told my dad we're doing an experiment for school. Here, I'll throw you down the ladder. Okay. But seriously, I can't believe your dad lets you run all the extension cords up here. Well, technically, he might not know exactly that I'd take them up here. He was working on a story and didn't really listen, as usual. But anyway, I found the charger from my other robot, and voila! Wobie is back. Indeed I am. And I can't wait to get down again to go find my dad. Yes, about that. Do you have any other recordings stored in your memory? No. Dad told me to remove everything right before we left. Hmm, I wonder why. Did you store a secret? Maybe he's a scientist and you're his experiment. Yes, exactly. So, what is your purpose? What do you mean, my purpose? If he worked on a secret robot experiment, he must have had a mission. Like, some robots are made to help people who can't walk, so they can carry stuff around for them. Or they go into space. Wasn't there a robot on Mars? Yeah, they sometimes send robots where humans can't go. The deep sea, too. What is Mars or the deep sea? Don't you know anything? Mars is a planet in our solar system. And the deep sea is a very cool, dark place deep down in the ocean. It's so deep that nobody's ever really been there. That does sound rather scary. But I'm not very exciting, am I? I can't even walk properly. There must be something you are really good at, though. Your secret superpower. He can record things. Maybe that's it. 
Maybe he's supposed to be a spy bot. But then why doesn't he have better memory if that's what he's supposed to do? Yeah, why don't I? I'm not very special. I'm just a plain little robot with no special purpose, no superpower, no nothing. <laughs> but, Woby, you are special. Look at you. You can talk very well, for example, and you can talk in different voices. And what is that supposed to be good for? I don't know. Maybe he's a podcast bot or a TV show master bot? Well, that sounds great. I love watching TV. But I don't think his dad would have been kidnapped for a TV show master bot. Yeah. Woby, can you play the recording again? Maybe that'll help. Help me, Evo. Shut up! Woby, say something! Oh no, I think he shut down again. Look, his eyes went black too. And he's not charging anymore. That's weird. I hope he's not broken. Did you hear that? Maybe someone's down in the yard. Let me check. I'll come with you. Kids, can you take the dog for a walk, please? I'm, I'm working on an important story here. The barking drives me mad. Okay, Dad. Max, what's up, buddy? Did you see someone? <gasps> Look, Ben, someone unplugged the cords. You're right. Dad? Dad? Did you just unplug our cords? Huh? What cords? Never mind. Someone must have sneaked into the yard. I told you to be careful. I wonder who that was. Let's go up to the treehouse again. Maybe we'll see something from up there. Good idea, but... Oh, no, Sophie! What? The ladder is gone. <gasps> Maybe Woby pulled it up. Woby! It's us! Let us in! He can't. He wasn't plugged in, remember? And he was only 5% charged. No way he could have pulled the ladder up. Besides, I don't think he's able to do something like this anyway. So someone else must have climbed up. Hey! You up there! Let us in! This is not funny! Wait a minute. The treehouse looks empty. And I can see the ladder up there. So someone climbed up and then just disappeared? Maybe someone from another dimension. Or a time traveler. How cool would that be? Yes, and Santa is real, right? Do you see that rope over there, under the tree? Yes. Someone must have climbed up the ladder and used the rope to get down again. Huh. Or they use the rope to open the portal into the other dimension. Whatever. I'm going to use it to open the portal to the treehouse again. Want to help? Okay. One. Two. Three. Up you go. Great throw, cowgirl. Now let's get up and see how Woby's doing. You first. Ben! He's gone! How? Now I get it. They must have used the rope to climb down? Okay, Sherlock. But who and why? I don't know. Why are you calling me Sherlock? My name is Ben, remember? Hello, Sherlock Holmes. Famous detective with a funny hat. British accent? <laughs> Whatever, Watson. Someone took Woby. I hope he's okay. We need to find him. This is getting weirder and weirder. Ben, look. There's something golden on the rope. You're right. Looks like half a letter. A G, maybe? Hmm. I think it looks more like half a horseshoe. Kids! 
How about that walk? Here we are again, in the forest, right where the story started. It's a hot summer day. Ben and Sophie are taking Max, the dog, for a walk. At least, they are not bored this time. Wish we knew where Wobie was. Someone must have taken him. Probably the same people who took his dad. Ben, look. Isn't this the place where we found him yesterday? Found who? Found whom. Yes, that's what I asked. You said who, not whom. Okay, so whom did we find where? Wobie, of course. Right there, behind that bush. You're right. Let's have a look again. Maybe we'll find something useful. Wait! Ugh, no. It's nothing. Just an old shoe. <laughs> Ugh, it smells even worse than Michael's socks. Well, that must have been here far longer than Wobie. I feel like I'm missing something. Something important. Let's see. There are so many questions. Who could have known about Wobie? And that he'd been in my treehouse. Did you tell anybody about him? Are you nuts? Of course I didn't. So someone must have seen us. But whom? Who? Come on! Wait, Sophie, do you see that? Strange footprints. Maybe Wobies? I think they're horseshoes. Sarah and Michael must have been riding through here. Sophie, remember how we heard them on their horses yesterday? <gasps> Maybe they saw us with Wobie. And then they followed us into the yard. They must have. Sophie, the golden thing on the rope. It looked like a G or a horseshoe. <gasps> because it's both. It's the logo from the golden horseshoe. The nasty twins. They've got Wobie. Let's get him back. Let's go to the golden horseshoe. <laughs> As they walk up to the Golden Horseshoe, Ben and Sophie are unusually quiet. Sarah and Michael are called the Nasty Twins for a reason. They have caused them a lot of trouble in the past. But did they really take Wobie? Why? And if so, will Ben and Sophie find him there in one of the horse barns? Let's see. Sophie, can you see something? Beautiful, how are you? Sophie, now is not the time. Okay, okay, no worries. I got this. I'm just going to open that barn door here and peek in. Shush, I'm in. Come on, Ben. Okay, come on, Max. Shush. Wobie. I can see him way back there. Uh-oh, it's Michael. Hey, robot, is that all you can do? Beep, 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 come on, say something. Stop it, Michael. I think that's all he does. He can't even walk properly. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I heard him talk when they were up in Ben's treehouse. Well, maybe you need to activate something. Can you press a button? Hmm, let me try here. Or here, under his arms, maybe. 
Maybe he's ticklish. Are you, little robot? Can I tickle you some more? Oh, ah. <laughs> That's so funny. Try his feet. Stop it. Ha! I knew it. It talks. Whoa. Is this thing for real? Well, what is real anyway? It all depends on your definition of reality, doesn't it? Maybe we're all just brains in a tank, you know. Like right now. Maybe you're just imagining talking to a robot like me. A very beautiful and smart little robot. I must say, you'd be very lucky to be even imagining me. What is this thing talking about? Is this a dream? Maybe? It can't be. Or we'd be dreaming the same thing. Well, maybe you are, aren't you? Who says life is not a dream? And all the things that you feel like they happen in your dreams are actually your real life. Now you're making me dizzy. Sarah, can you pinch me, please? With pleasure. Ouch! That hurt! And what does that prove now? That you can't be hurting in a dream or in your imagination? Maybe you're just part of a story that someone else is reading. Or a movie. Maybe. Maybe, just maybe, your whole world is just a film. Really well done, mind you. With 4D and all. I mean, here you are, talking to a very smart, exceptionally beautiful robot like me. Does this feel real to you? Stop it! You're making my brain explode! I'm getting a headache. Maybe that's an imaginary headache, too. Maybe, in reality, you're lying in your bed, dreaming all of this up. Or maybe you're part of someone else's dream. Dude, this is getting too weird. I need to get out of here. Michael! Where are you going? I think they're gone. Quick, Sophie! Wobie, we're so glad you're okay. <gasps> me too. But, ah, take the furry four-legged human off me. And what are those? I don't like them. Shh, little horsies. It's all right. It's just a robot. Let's go, before the nasty twins get back. Come on, Wobie. Okay, I'll try. Oh no, the twins are coming back already. Here, let's hide in there with the horses. I think it's gone. See? Maybe it was a dream after all. Or we're all just part of a story? Can you pinch me again, Sarah? Okay. Ouch, not so hard. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. You know what? Let's go swimming. I'll weird it out now. Okay, I'll be first in the water. You wish. Who runs faster, you or me? Whew, that was close. Yes, indeed. Did the twins hurt you, Wobi? Are you okay? I feel a little under the weather, but I'm okay. Thank you very much. They didn't really know what to do with me, so I decided to act dead. So they'd get bored. They seem like the kind that gets bored easily. Yeah, that's why they tease everyone at school. We think they must have followed us from the forest. Maybe they just wanted to get back to us? Whatever it is, I'm very glad you two found me. It wasn't very comfortable here with all these humongous dogs around me. <laughs> Wobie, these animals are called horses. They are actually very sweet. You can ride them. No, thank you very much. 
They seem way too big. The sounds they make. That's not very nice, is it? And they give me this very strange feeling in my nose. Like something's going to expl... Bless you! <laughs> I didn't know robots can sneeze. Maybe you're allergic? I don't know... But this is really unpleasant. Let's go then, before the horses go crazy. Ming! Well done, Woby. You've been walking all the way without falling over. Yes, I do think I'm getting better at this walking thing. I wish I could show Dad. Whoa, I'm falling! Oh, gotcha! Good save. Thanks. Thanks. Woby, if you keep getting better at walking, you must be learning. How does a robot even learn? The same way we do, by collecting data. Oh, yeah? That's how we learn? I don't think babies collect data, though. They can't even say data. Da, 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 da. In fact, Ben's right. I collect information about a situation through my senses, like you do, with your eyes and ears. My computer compares this information to stored data and decides what the information might mean, as your brain does with the information it gets from your eyes and ears. And just like your brain, my computer runs through various possible actions and predicts which action will be most successful based on the data stored in the memory. See, that's exactly what I told you. No, you didn't! This sounds really complicated. I can't believe a baby is capable of doing that. Just a moment, please. My brain is running through all possible actions to see which one will be most successful to get Mama to feed me. Ga-ga-ga-ga. Nope, I don't think so. <laughs> well, yes, that's exactly what babies do. They just don't notice it. Or maybe they do. In fact... In fact, my brain tells me that right now the most successful action will be to stop arguing and get back to the treehouse as quickly as possible. But the treehouse is not safe anymore. What if they come back? Actually, I'm pretty sure they won't. Unless they get bored again which might happen very quickly, and then they might remember me and what happened and maybe want to see... Stop it, Woby. You're talking too much again. Sorry. Sophie, be kind. He's been through a lot. Uh, okay, okay. But we need to find a solution. Now! How about your basement? Nobody goes there anyway, ever since... <gasps> Good thinking! Ever since what? Never mind. Sophie, I think he deserves to know. Not now! What? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, let's go home. You'll see when we get there, Woby. Now I'm intrigued. What happened down there in the basement? Can you guess? <laughs> Me neither. But apparently, we'll see when we get there. Let's go. Hello? I'm home. Hi, honey, I'm in the kitchen. How was your day? Did anything exciting happen? Nope, just a regular boring summer day. Nothing special at all. Hey, so I'm not special? Thank you very much. What did you say, hun? Are you okay? Shh, Wobby, of course you're special. 
so special that we'll have to keep you a secret, okay? I was just singing, Mom. Everything's fine. Ben is here with me. Hi. Oh, hi, Ben, dear. I'm just making pizza. Would you like to have some later? Oh, I love pizza. Shush, Wolby. <clears throat> Thanks. I love pizza. That's good, then. Are you sure you're okay? Your voice sounded funny. Hang on, I'll be with you in a minute. We're, We're fine. fine! No need to come here, Mom. We'll go play in the basement, okay? Okay, but are you sure you want to go down there after you-know-what? Yes, I'm over it. Totally fine. Come on, Wobie. Let's go down before she sees us. Oops, sorry. I was not designed to walk downstairs. Let me carry you, Wobie. What was that? Do you need help? No. no! We're fine, Mom. Just leave us alone. You're being overprotective again. I know, honey. I just can't help it. After, well, I'm in the kitchen if you need me. Thanks, Mom. Works every time. Whew, that was close. Wobie, are you all right down here? I'm fine, thanks. So tell me. What's so special about the basement? Nothing you need to know about. But we do need to find out more about you. Yeah. We wasted all this time thanks to the nasty twins. Wobie, can you play your recording again? I have a feeling we missed something last time. Wait. Here it is. Wobie, stop. Maybe she'll hear us. I told you not to call me unless it is an emergency. This better be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was a professor? Working on a secret project? So secret they can't even tell the police? Well then, where did they find him? So they haven't found him yet. Well, that's something at least. Okay, white beard, glasses... Got it. Where are you now? 551 College Drive. That's the big lab, right? I'll be there in 15 minutes. Wow. Did you hear that? Do you think what I'm thinking? What? I think I do. So we're thinking the same thing. Can you please just tell me what you are thinking? Sophie's mom works for the police. And she's got this new job. A super cool new job where she gets to solve real crimes, not just hand out tickets like she used to. That does sound interesting, but what does it have to do with us? Kids, something's come up at the office. I have to drive up there quickly. I'll be back in an hour or so, okay? Your dad'll be home any minute. Okay, we'll be fine. The pizza's in the oven. Can you take it out when the timer beeps? Will do, bye mom, take care. You too, honey. I'll be back soon. Sophie, what are we going to do now? We'll find Wobie's dad, of course. Okay, but how? Should I play the recording again? Wobie, don't you get it? My mom just got called in because of a missing professor. Who was working on a top secret project. Yes, my hearing is great. Thank you very much. But I'd rather go find my dad. Not your super special top secret professor. White beard? Glasses? Oh. You get it now? My dad is the professor. And you are the top secret project he was working on. 
I still wonder, though, what makes you so special? We are not going on the he's nothing special route again, are we? I am a very intelligent robot that can learn and record stuff, and I am very beautiful, thank you very much. Of course, Wobi, you are special. But there are many robots out there, and all of them are special in their own way. But they are not kept top secret. You must have something they don't have. And the only way to find out what that is, is finding your dad. But how do we do that? I'd say we start at the beginning. 551 College Drive. The big lab. You must have been built there. That's your home. But first, let's have pizza. I'm starving too. I haven't even had breakfast today. Pizza. I love pizza. Would you like to know how Ben, Sophie, and Woby made their way to 551 College Drive? Will they find Woby's dad, also known as the professor? What is it that makes Woby so special? And most importantly, what has happened in Sophie's basement? Stay tuned for the next episode of Ben and Sophie, Woby's Secret. Until then, let's have some pizza. Right, Max? <laughs> Ben and Sophie, Woby's Secret, is based on an idea by Max Graff, our master storyteller, and has been produced by the Spoken Movie Project in 2020. Ben is Dina Desner. Sophie is Dana Miller. Woby, Sean Williams Sr. Sarah is Madison Brunaler. Michael, Hillary Fingerman. Sophie's mom, Hillary Fingerman. Ben's dad, Noah James and me, the narrator, John Armand. The Spoken Movie Project is listener-supported. Please help us keep the series ad-free and visit www.spokenmovieproject.com to make a donation today. For the interview today, I'm going to do an odd switch-up. I like for the interviews to be with creators of clean fiction. However, I don't have any yet. I have some coming in summertime that relate to the spring issue of CFM, but that doesn't help us now. So I've decided to share a classic interview that Keith from Life Truth Network, Quest for Truth, and I had with Greg Kokel about a book I mentioned early on in the nonfiction section of the show, Tactics. This interview was long before the 10th anniversary edition came out, and if you haven't gotten the book, I suggest getting that. But let's hear some classic Quest for Truth with our interview with Greg Kokel. The following may be edited for time. We are ecstatic to have Greg Kokel with us today. Greg is the host of Stand to Reason on the AFR Talk Radio Network, as well as author of an amazing book titled Tactics a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions. Thank you for coming to the show, Greg, and welcome to Quest for Truth. Well, Nathaniel and Keith, I am really looking forward to having a chat with you today. Now, this book is not a new book, is it? Well, I think it's about five years that it's been out. I have to. I have a picture of my, uh, my, my seven-year-old when she was kind of a toddler 
when I open up the first book box of books. So she must have been two then. So that would make it five, I guess, if my math is right. Wow. I'm just actually looking at the book here. Copyright 2009. So this would be January 2009. Uh, gosh, that's six, that's six years now, isn't it? Wow. Time flies, right? You bet. But what a what a way to have it fly to be yeah, to be uh, used yeah, that God, way. God has been really gracious with this book. I mean, there's no question about that. It's been it's worked out really nicely. Well, before we start, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about Stand to Reason, and uh, maybe also being an ambassador? Yes. For Christ. Well, I um, I actually started out thinking I was too smart to be a Christian. Uh, and then the irony is that I, um, I ended up giving my life for defense of the, of the, of the Christian, the Christian faith. And I, um, I, I wasn't like a, a flaming atheist or anything like that. I was just a big nothing, you know, um, this was back in the, uh, early seventies during, um, during the counterculture movement in the States and also the Jesus movement. And, um, to make a very uh, involved short story very short, uh, the, God just, through the agency of my younger brother, who was very persistent in communicating the gospel to me, that God just drew me into the kingdom. I look back and I don't, I cannot think of a particular question or challenge that I had raised regarding Christianity, and I had all the standard challenges, that um, that was ever answered before I became a Christian. It isn't like I got all these things resolved, and I thought, yeah, this is true. I, I, I just had an increasing realization, conviction, if you will, that Jesus was who he claimed to be. And he had a legitimate claim on my life, and so I surrendered to him in September 1973 and began following Christ. And my life changed pretty quickly, partly because... Uh, of the faithfulness of my brother's witness, it was a, a solid witness. Um, it wasn't just uh, believe in Jesus and everything will be cool and, you know, he'll, he'll make you happy and fill you with love, joy, and peace. I mean, I know this is part of the package, but it doesn't always come like that. You know, like, I'm a Christian. Whoa, everything's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's and, prosperity gospel. <laughs> yeah, that leans in that direction. But even uh, people who don't have that doctrine have, lean towards oftentimes a, a triumphalism that, gee, when you read First Peter or First or Second Thessalonians or the book of Hebrews, you know, I mean, it's just not really, it's just not really the Christian life. But anyway, the other thing that had a big influence on me is I moved into a Christian community back in 1974. And I uh, lived there for two and a half years. It was in Westwood Village, just uh, next to UCLA. And that really set a trajectory for my life. Um, and then I ended up getting a degree in the Bible and uh, at, at a local university or college. And then I ended up getting a master's degree eventually in apologetics. And then I took a master's in philosophy under J.P. Moreland. All the time um, working, I was a carpenter and doing other things too, but mostly I was a carpenter, and, and then being faithful and useful at my local church uh, in whatever, whatever I could do. And um, if I could teach a Bible study or teach a class or even just talk to people over coffee, I tried to follow a principle that I, that I emphasize now called bloom where you're planted. And it's a way of being faithful in small things so that um, God can open the doors to larger things. In the 1980s, um, I started doing radio as a guest on, a on the ABC affiliate here in Los Angeles. It was an interfaith dialogue. Dennis Prager was the host. 
who has come to be very well known now around the country as a secular talk show host talking about political, conservative political issues and ethics. And um, a very, he's Jewish, but he's very friendly to Christians, and, and uh, he's a very good thinker. And so um, in those interfaith dialogues with, with Dennis and our Jewish rabbi and a Roman Catholic priest and me as the representative pro Protestant, um, it kind of cut my teeth a little bit in, in radio, and I didn't plan it that way. I just got the invitation, so I kind of waded into that, um, that ideologically hostile environment you know, where I'm trying to make my case against the other viewers. Um, and then in 1990, I was asked to test for a Christian radio program because they needed someone to fill the weekend spots, and they, they accepted me. <laughs> I got the job, and, uh, and I ended up doing a two hour, uh, three hours on Saturday and three hours on Sunday, in addition to my regular job, um, for the next eight years at wow. commercial radio. And then by that time, Stand to Reason was started 2000. I'm sorry, in uh, 1994 we started 2000. Um, we started Stand to Reason, and um, and so by two, by by the end of that eight years, by 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 1998, I was ready to uh, um, actually change my role on the radio. I quit the radio station from being a, an employee, and then we came back as an organization. We bought up time, you know, the same time slot on Sunday that I had had before, but instead of them paying me, now we paid them. Oh, wow. We owned the show. And so this is something that just developed over time, um, and there, there are a lot of little details to it, but as an overview, um, uh, so in, in uh, 1994, we started Standard Reason, so now we're, um, we're in our, now we're in our, actually, we just had our Maybe it was 1993. Now I'm thinking about it. It was 1993. Um, it's easy to get my dates mixed up. So we're in our we're in our 23rd year now as an organization, and uh, we have seen God uh, move in really neat ways um, with the efforts that we we have put in. Uh, starting organization is hard um, because God's in anything doesn't mean that any of those things He's in is going to be easy. Uh, uh, you can just pretty much count it on always being difficult uh, because you're in a spiritual battle that uh, that makes a difference. Um, those spiritual elements like Ephesians 6 um, really are factors and so it's a struggle in to, to, to build things but we um, we have uh, even with all with our hard work and God's faithfulness we, we have been able to um, make a difference and we're happy for that and that, that's how. Uh, that's kind of a, a brief overview. Now I'm 43 years as a Christian almost, and uh, 23 years um, in Stand to Reason, and uh, and like I said, God has been very faithful and good. You know, I love your book. I think it's changed the way that I've looked at. I look at witnessing forever. Uh, and one of the things that uh, that I like, and we'll get back to that in a minute, because I'm not quite ready to, to get into that topic, but, sure. but one of the things that uh, got me was when you said, if you don't get to get straight to the gospel, don't worry, they may not be ready for that yet. And later yeah. we're going to talk about putting a stone in somebody's shoe. But right now I just want to talk about your tactics have some fun names. Uh, one of my favorite detectives is mentioned too, Columbo. Yeah. Now, what do you mean by that? <laughs> uh, for people who are not familiar with the 
with the book, uh, he, Nathaniel just asked me the first Columbo question to, to launch this part of the interview. That's why I'm chuckling. Well, um, Socrates had a technique of, um, of, 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 explore, of learning and teaching, and that was uh, by asking questions, and it's famously known as the Socratic technique. Um, Columbo is a detective, TV detective from the Gee, about three decades ago, Peter Falk played the character. He's even gone now, but uh, oh. yeah, he he died about two years ago, I think. But uh, he he's he 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 created an iconic character that was that moved through the um, through, that moved through the, uh, the, the 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 process of solving uh, the crime by um, by asking questions and seeming really innocent in the process. Now, I could have named the, this tactic, this question-asking tactic, I could have named it Socratic. In fact, that was the first thing that came to mind. But it's not quite as sticky as Columbo. No, you can um, remember Columbo a lot better. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it, he is, a, like I said, an iconic TV character. And even if, people, even if people don't know about Columbo, and a lot of young people don't, but um, I can still, and I do this in live presentations. I'll actually put on the trench coat oh, and nice. get out a plastic cigar and <laughs> and do my imitation of uh, Lieutenant. Just one Trump. more thing. Just just yeah, one more thing. One, one more thing. Yeah, rubbing his his brow like he's deep and painful. Oh, that's brilliant. And so uh, it it's a lot more fun than Socrates. Let's put it that way. And oh, it wow. sticks. So it has become the 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 central tactic. The book has six or seven tactics in it, but uh, that are maneuvers in conversations that are meant to keep you in the driver's seat and to be able to help find a weakness or a flaw in somebody's point of view. But the tactic that is central is the Columbo tactic, and this is what the game plan is based on. So that's the genesis of the tactic. It's, uh, it's understanding the value of asking questions, because they're polite, uh, they draw the person out, um, they they put the ball in the other person's court, even though you're in the driver's seat. So if you're asking the right questions, the other person is doing most of the talking, but you are actually in the driver's seat of the conversation. You're directing the conversation in a way that you think is best. And even if you're not mm -hmm. sure what's best, by asking the questions that are important, you can uh, uh, you, you can you you can get the information you need to know which direction to go. Or, or maybe you realize that there's no direction you're going to be able to go at all in this conversation. And that happens a lot, too. I mean, not every conversation is a divine appointment, in my view. And you say, let it die naturally. Yes, that's right. That's, that's, um, this is something more, more followers of Christ, um, I think, ought to consider, particularly the aggressive ones. Um, that some people are just going to sink their teeth in some poor non-Christian, and they're not going to let go. Uh, and if, they, if the non-Christian is trying to run away, they're going to be dragging this, this, uh, this believer <laughs> along the way who, who just uh, is this tenacious believer. And uh, that's probably not going to be helpful. Could that do more harm than good? Yeah, I think I think so. There's a phrase that I've heard before and used called "bruising the fruit." You know, <laughs> and uh, you don't want to shed more heat than light. You know, you you people have um, only a limited capability in most conversations for pr pursuing something that's challenging and uncomfortable. And uh, when I notice, first of all, whether if a person is not really interested, they're not picking up on my cues. 
and they're not moving forward. Maybe they're changing the subject. Well, why don't? Why should I drag them further on down the line? They're not open. Um, and if they're if the Holy Spirit is not working on them, it's probably not likely to be making a difference in their life. Now, there's some exceptions to this. Sometimes God really uses even our our obnoxious mother. <laughs> Or, or if you look at them and you see their eyes are drifting and they're glazing over, they're looking around over your shoulder, people walking by, they're fidgeting and they're, they're kind of making little, um, I'm, I want to get out of here comments. And, you know, there's a string of these in our conversational language that are ways of alerting the, the, the one who is speaking that, okay, I'm done and I want to go. <laughs> and some people just are desensitized to that when they ought to be uh, more sensitive to that person and let them go and figure you do what you can. And when the person's not interested anymore, then just let them go. Sometimes they're not even interested at all. And this is where that, that phrase, let it die a natural death, uh, the conversation die a natural death, comes from. We will have more with Greg Kokel next episode. I'd like to end the show by reminding you that preachers, teachers, and authors often talk about how we can improve our service to God. But we cannot genuinely serve God until we first know him and have surrendered to him through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 64, 6 reminds us that apart from God, our works are dirty. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 reminds us that works cannot get us into heaven. To truly serve God, you must be a believer in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Life Truth Presents. Ben and Sophie Wobie's Secret can be heard at SpokenMovieProject.com. Nathan Caldwell can be found at life-truth.com and is also a writer and reviewer for Clean Fiction Magazine, which can be found at cleanfictionmagazine.com. Keith Helsley can be found at life-truth.com.